0: Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. So as I've been looking in John, in the book of John, I've just been quite amazed at how much and how wonderfully the Lord loves. Been looking at the meal that they had together before Jesus was betrayed, thinking even about when he, he said, there's one of you gonna betray me, and then he just uh, picked up the bread and gave it to Judas. Yeah, he, he took it, and then he left to go and sell him for uh, 30 pieces of silver. And yet, I watched Jesus' attitude, and when Judas left the room, instead of having Judas for dinner, afterwards, as I'm sure, many of us would have felt like doing. He just moved on with an intense pleading with the disciples, listen to me. Above everything else, I want you to know and experience the love that I have for you and for that same love to be amongst you. That you would love me, that you would receive my love and that you would love each other with the same love that I love you and that the Father loves me with. This was his main, most important message. He wasn't, he didn't take time after Judas left to talk about all Judas's faults. He didn't take time to sort of talk about how terrible it is when people backstab you and betray you. He, he immediately went to, I want you to know about the power of love. In these days that were coming, and he knew what was coming, and the persecution and the, the things that were coming, he said, this is what your key will be. Let my love nourish and sustain you. Hallelujah. I'm reading in, um, I wanna start, I'm gonna take in a little journey through John. Is that okay? I, because it was just my journey um, yesterday and today, and I, it so blessed me. But I'm starting here in John 14. This is after Judas is left. He says, "'Don't worry or surrender to fear. "'You've believed in God, now trust and believe in me also. "'My Father's kingdom is like a house "'with many dwelling places. "'If it were otherwise, I'd tell you plainly "'because I'm leaving soon to go "'and prepare a place for you to rest.'" And when everything is ready, I will come back and take you with me so that you will be where I am. And you already know the way to the place where I'm going. Now we read that and we think, oh yes, that's about heaven. And it is. But I believe it is also speaking on, different, on a number of levels. The living word is so rich and so full. Jesus was going to prepare a place where they could find rest, where he could dwell with them, together with them. Where does God dwell? Where does God live? You know, the Bible tells us that yes, he's enthroned in the heavens, but he also says that we are the temple of the living God, hallelujah. You and I are his dwelling place. And Jesus said, I go to prepare a dwelling place where we can be together. Jesus was about to go to the cross. What he was doing was about to prepare a place. He was about to make a way for you and I to become a dwelling place for him, where we could find rest in him and he could find rest in us. You know, he said earlier in the Gospels, he said, you know, foxes have holes and birds have their nests, but the Son of Man has no place to rest his head. But with his sacrifice on the cross, by going and becoming sin for us, by taking our judgment, what he was doing, he, he took our punishment, he became sin for us, and he died as us, that we could be utterly transformed, that we could be born again. In the beginning, we had Adam and Eve. Adam was created, and out of Adam, God took the feminine, He made Eve, hallelujah, and together they were in the image of God. Well, Jesus, the last Adam, was put to death on the cross. He wasn't put to sleep like Adam, he was put to death, but out of his side, which was pierced, a new bride came forth and this bride was born, bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, spiritually uncorrupted, holy and pure, brought back to the original design so that we could then be compatible to be joined to the Holy One. Now the Bible says light can have no fellowship with darkness. We could not be in cohabitation, in relationship, in a marriage relationship with God and not have been made compatible with Him. That is, without any darkness in us at all. So Jesus became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ, that those who would put their faith in Him would believe, would have their old natures taken away and they'd be given a new heart, a clean heart, a heart that wasn't stained by sin, that was declared not guilty, where He would not only cover our sin, but He would take it away completely and give us a brand new, pure nature, the nature of Christ no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. Hallelujah, he gave us his nature, hallelujah. And every day we are called to remind ourselves, thank you God, as I've brought you my sin, as I've brought you my life, you've given me your forgiveness, you've given me your grace, and you've given me your new life. You've given me your heart. Thank you God, you've made me clean. That's what we have to do to be the just who live by faith. We've got to actually apply faith in the fact that he's made us clean and righteous. Hallelujah. So Jesus went to prepare a dwelling place and that dwelling place was you and I, hallelujah, to make us qualified to be filled with the Spirit of God, to have that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead living in us. Wow and we living in Him so that we could rest our head on Him like John the Apostle was able to do and that He could find rest in us. That He could find a place where He could be free just to live and be with us. And that's the delight that the Father has. Now going on, he talks about I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. You can't be joined to God except that you receive Jesus as the one who became sin for you. Except that you humble yourself and say, God, I need that, I need that mercy. Come and give me your forgiveness. I receive your gift of forgiveness. I receive and believe you became sin for me. And right now I give you my life so I can receive in exchange your righteousness. I, I choose to be joined to you, hallelujah. He then goes on, and I love this. He says in verse 15, loving me empowers you to obey my commands. That's astonishing thought. He says it again and again, and Again in 23, verse 23, he says, Jesus replies, loving me empowers you to obey my word. And my Father will love you so deeply that we will come to you and make, our dwelling, make you our dwelling place. And he says this because it's his desire that we would understand that in being in a love relationship with him is what empowers us to live in righteousness. <laughs> you know, I've watched and seen Numerous young couples getting, you know, starting to date or getting engaged. We just married um, Dan and Sarah and it was so beautiful. I got to do their, their wedding preparation and I watch, you know, this beautiful first love. When they're in love, oh, they're in love. And you know, every decision they run by each other because they, they're so in love with each other that they are thinking constantly about one another and they don't wanna make any decisions or choices that are going to negatively impact on the other. Yes? This is what love looks like. You see, God wants you to be so, uh, in a real relationship with Him that you are receiving the great love that He has for you and allowing that love to impact your heart so deeply that you discover Him as the one that satisfies your soul, that empowers you, that fills you with all the love you've ever sought better than any human could ever give, hallelujah. And in that place, you become so in love with him that anything that wouldn't be pleasing to him becomes distasteful, becomes like, why would I wanna do that? Why would I wanna be unfaithful to him? That's what love looks like. Human love is just a little picture of that. It's a shadow of it, actually but his love is divine, it's unfailing, he never messes up, he never gets cranky, he never lets us down. If you've been wondering, I want a spouse, a perfect spouse, there there is one, his name is Jesus. There isn't a human that could actually live up to the standard of Christ, it's just not fair. We are called to be in relationship with God to the point that he satisfies our every need for love so that when we are in relationship with others, we're not putting unrealistic demands on them, but we are overflowing with the love that we're already receiving on a constant basis, amen? Beautiful Jesus. Ah, It says here as you flip over, I love each of you, he says this uh, verse, in, verse, in chapter 15, verse 14. Verse 14, he says, I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. You must continually let my love nourish your hearts. If you keep my commands, you'll live in my love just as I've kept my Father's commands for I continually live nourished and empowered by His love. My purpose for telling you these things is so that the joy that I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. So this is my command. Love each other deeply as much as I have loved you. What he's saying is that this love that He has for us is, is supernatural and it empowers us to live holy. But He's saying that I'm giving you this love so that you can obey the Father just as I've obeyed Him. Hallelujah. He, he's inviting us into a supernatural level of holiness and righteousness. that's just not attainable, humanly speaking. His love empowers us to live supernaturally righteous. And in doing so, he says this, he says, I tell you these things that you, um, this love is gonna empower you to be able to live and obey my commands to follow me wholeheartedly. And I tell you these things, I'm telling you these things so that the joy that I experience will be in your hearts and filling your hearts with overflowing gladness. He understood that obedience was not an obligation for a genuine joy, because when we are walking in righteousness, following the ways of the Lord, our hearts, which have now been created brand new, are doing exactly what they deeply long to do, and that is to walk holy, righteous, pure lives. He knows that the only way to true joy is to be who you were created to be and to walk it out on a daily basis, empowered by the love that nourishes your soul. Hallelujah. Yeah? It's rich and it's glorious, it's not religion, it's not obligation, it's not a set of laws. Adam and Eve ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thinking they could do something to become like God when they already were like God. And then throughout history, people were trying to measure up to the standard of God and consistently failing until the last Adam came and made the way saying you don't have to work to become like me, you have to humble yourself, acknowledge that you need my life. Let me identi—let my death be identified with your death and allow me to speak to your life and say it is finished. You are clean, you are whole, you died with me, you've been raised up with me and now this is the truth. You are uh, seated with me in heavenly places, hallelujah. When we are born again, when we acknowledge God as Savior, when we make that choice to go beyond believing that it's true to actually acknowledging, I need that, I wanna receive your mercy. I wanna receive your grace. I wanna declare publicly that you are my God. The Bible says that if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father who's in heaven. And then, when we're baptized, what happens is we are identifying with his death and his resurrection. And he telling the whole world through that act, he is publicly declaring with you that person is gone. Why are you even looking for them? As we heard before, why are you even looking for him? Why are you even looking for that person? That person was buried and there's a new person now. Hallelujah. Filled with resurrection life, with holiness, with purity. Every day then we have a choice as to how we will live. He doesn't take away our freedom to choose Adam and Eve, they had a sinless nature, yet they had the freedom to choose to sin. But God says to us, I am giving you power so that if you will access my love every day, you will be empowered not to sin, hallelujah. But if you do sin, you have an advocate in heaven who says, not guilty, I already paid for it before they ever did it. Mm -hmm. And when you acknowledge it before the Lord and say, God, I messed up, I'm really sorry. He says, forgiven, clean, holy, pure, righteous. You don't go back to square one and have to go trying to become holy again. You have to humble yourself and receive this mercy, this grace that's unfairly kind. The lavish love of God, the goodness and the kindness of God leads us to repentance. It's so rich and it's so intense that It's beyond our capacity to humanly understand. So we need supernatural power, hallelujah. Loving me empowers you to obey my word and it will bring you the joy that I experience, Jesus says. He understood what it was like to live in righteousness, peace and joy. Free from fear, free from worry, free from anxiety, And he says, the key to this is letting my love nourish you, letting my love empower you to obey me, to follow my commands, to walk with me, to do what your spirit's longing to do, to walk as the righteous who live by faith, to to be as I am in this world, doing the works I did and greater, hallelujah, and living free from fear, living in supernatural righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. He tells all of this too in the context of the Holy Spirit's coming and He's gonna reveal and remind you of all that I've said and He's gonna reveal me and the Father to you consistently so that you can see and know that we love you. We love you, we love you. That we are unchanging, that His love never fails though we are unfaithful he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself hallelujah you know i i often say that i'm in love with love i love love i i love i love a good love story i just i love i love romantic things i love i just love love but i love love because love is god and i am i am absolutely in love with God. God, who is love, is the one who makes us love love. People do crazy things for love. They will reject all their old friends if that's what it takes, they'll do crazy things for love. But I tell you, nobody has done something as extreme as this one, who is love, who became a man and became sin, took on the sin of the whole world so that you and I could be joined to him forever in relationship where he could then just lavish his love and kindness on you for eternity. It's the good news, but it's beyond our human comprehension to truly get. Like, what's the catch? It's like, what does it cost? Well, you just have to give me your old dirty rags and I'll give you new clothes. Give me your old life and I'll give you a brand new life. Give me your sin and your shame, your rejection, your guilt, your condemnation, your ashes and I'll give you my righteousness, my holiness, my beauty. Give me your grief and I'll give you my joy. Give me your, your fear and I'll give you my perfect love and my perfect peace. This divine exchange is so wonderful that humans have felt they needed to add to it because it just didn't seem fair. They've overcomplicated the gospel, but the the simplicity of it is, is revealed to the little ones, the little children who would humbly go, that's awesome, thanks God, I need that. Yes, have mercy on me, I receive it. I receive your grace. Jesus, when he was in the temple, when he was first revealing himself as the Messiah, read from the book of Isaiah. And he read, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news, the year of the favour of the Lord. He just revealed the truth that I have come to show you favor that is beyond anything you've seen before. I've come to to take judgment, to judge sin, and I'm gonna let it be judged in my own body so you would never have to suffer judgment. This is the favor I wanna lavish on you. This is my idea of justice, he says. I love justice, I'm gonna take all of your punishment, all of the guilt, all of the shame, I'm gonna take everything, the wages of sin, in my body so that you and I, could be living together forever, that you could have eternal life. You know, this isn't some watered down, happy, made up idea of Christianity, it's just the bare bones of the Bible. The bare bones of the message of Easter, the bare bones of the message of Jesus and what he came to do. I believe today that the Lord wants so much, longs for you to respond to his mercy. Now, a lot of people believe, would identify as Christian even, and because they were brought up with a Christian heritage, would say, I believe in God. But you know, the Bible says that in the book of James, that even the devil believes in God. Believing in his existence is not enough to be saved. To be saved, you need to acknowledge that yes, Jesus is the Son of God. But you need to acknowledge not just what he did in becoming sin for you, paying for your sin. You have to acknowledge that you need a saviour. You see, he is love and true love is free. He doesn't force you to be in relationship with him. What husband wants a bride that's forced to be with him? Marriage is a picture of Christ and his bride. Husbands want wives that want to be with them. And it's that way because it's that way that we were created to be, truly free. God wants to have relationship with you, but he waits for you to say, I want to have relationship with you. I need your mercy, I want your gift of salvation. I wanna receive this gift of grace, this gift of eternal life. Come into my life, make me your dwelling place, hallelujah. It's an invitation. He has given you free will. You have a choice. Do you want him, invite him to come and make you his dwelling place so that forever you and he could be united? This choice is something that every one of us has to make at some point. But when we do that, the Bible says all of heaven celebrates because it's what God wants more than anything else. He loves you more than any mother's ever loved a son, more than any father's loved a child, or man has loved a woman. He loves you more intensely than any human love or wonderful love story you've ever seen. His love for you is intense and unfailing. And he knows that when you respond to him, when you surrender to his love and receive his grace, you will discover a joy that's beyond anything you could humanly have. Thank you for joining us.